Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Today, we are continuing in our series, Kingdom Principles, and leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Well, hopefully something good, I can tell you that much. Uh, We are in part two (laughs) of our Kingdom Principles series, and we're in the principle of stewardship, and uh, I'd like to give you this uh, scriptural text, 1 Corinthians 4 and 2. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And so we talked uh, last lesson or podcast, rather, episode, if you will. We talked about the role and expectations of a steward and what it meant in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then we talked about the three parables from which Jesus was explaining stewardship. And if he said it three times, that's that's a lot. If it's repeated. So that's important. It is important. It's exactly right. Yeah. And then we talked about the three parable expectations, which should be ours as well. Number one, we need to be wise. Yeah. We need to give an account. And then we need to be trustworthy and faithful. So today I want to talk about the accountability of stewards in what? How should we be accountable as stewards? What are these things? Well, according to 1 Corinthians 4 and 2, I'm not going to read it. I've already referenced that already. But the first thing that we need to be accountable as stewards is the accountability of time, all right? The Bible mentions the concept of time on nearly 800 occasions in more than 700 verses. Mm. And since everything we do occurs in time, stewards will succeed only when they use their time wisely. Even Jesus noted the importance of the prudent use of time in John chapter 9, verse 4. Time passes in uniform increments, we know, and it yields themselves to work and management. We understand that we use seconds, minutes, hours, and days to, to measure uh, what we do with that time. But by and large, we don't control time. Uh, in fact, it may even control us and, in that. <laughs> And it's one of those things we can never get back. You can't earn more time. That's exactly right. So we need to prior, prioritize yes. responsibilities, and we need to work efficiently in our lives so that we can make a wise use of our allotted days and years. Yeah. Paul referenced in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Are evil. And so the wise steward redeems time literally by buying opportunity. In other words, measuring and judging and properly ascertaining what time is, number one, and governing themselves according to that understanding so that they can actually buy the opportunity, as it were, quote, unquote, to be what we're actually called to be, which is to be a blessing and representative of Jesus in this world. Most people can't do that because they have not governed their time or their resources as a proper steward. So instead of going to church, they have to work. Mm. Now, we're not talking about sometimes you just have to because the the company needs it and and you're beholding to that quote-unquote master. We understand that because if you don't work, you don't eat. We get that. It's not what we're talking about. But we are talking about somebody that if you're not a proper investor or steward of your time, where is your focus in? 
where is where is it at? Jesus said, "Where your treasure is, yeah, there your heart shall be also." That's where your heart is. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about time. So why steward learns to stay focused, avoids involvement in things that distract away from priorities. Those per, those people that are successful, you can tell them that they had a plan and they worked the plan, as yep. it were. Plan your work and work your plan. And you know what they yep. did most times. And I read about all of these men that have made. Uh, copious amounts of money uh they were always big on eliminating the distraction of time robbers of idleness things robbers of procrastination and involvement in things that doesn't profit them apply that to the kingdom same thing we should apply ourselves to things that work that are that are prosperous that bring back the result of what we're doing i.e for the church is souls yep right so whatever you do in your in your proper stewardship of time write down goals plans action steps reject any excuse for starting or not starting or not finishing a job apply these principles what we're talking about to the spirit recognize your limitation and delegate like a true leader Tasked to others who've proven to be dependable. Man, recognizing your own limitations. That's, that's, a, a, that's a tough one. That's a big one, but it's an important one. Yeah, because nobody wants to sit down and go, well, I, I, I just can't do that. Right. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. No. Sometimes no is, is hurtful. Sometimes no is the most difficult word to summon. Right. Yeah. Second thing that we need to be properly stewards of, well, you know I was going there, your money. Yep. God gives to you and I, mankind, the power to obtain wealth, Deuteronomy 8 and 18. Therefore, anything we give to him comes only from what he has given back or first to us, according to 1 Chronicles 29 and 14. Jesus stated that one cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon is not the devil. By the way, it's not God and the devil is the choices. Mammon is the flesh. Man is things that do nothing more than please the flesh. Mammon, and I don't want to get into all this, but mammon, money is God. And I say that with a little g. So we need to learn to use money without allowing money to use us. The greatest benefit of having finances comes when a person invests in the kingdom of God by paying tithes and offerings and by helping others in need. And that's true because, you know, believe it or not, there are bad guys, and they have money. And do you think they're using their money for the furtherance of the kingdom? Of course not. No. It's like it's like that. Uh, it, it's similar to like a you know what stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Well, what stops a bad guy with money? Well, a good guy with money. Right. Right. Exactly. And if you can take a penny, and you can hold it close enough to your eye, it will hide the largest item from our view, and it becomes our focus. And so even a penny can get our focus off. Now, I know that's silly. I know that's corny. <laughs> but honestly, Paul instructed his, his mentee, as it were, Timothy, to advise those that are wealthy to the level-headed uh, progress of their possessions. First Timothy six seventeen and 18. He said to Timothy, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. All right. 
So I had to hit that. Third thing that we need to be wise stewards in is prayer, mm-hmm. communication with God. Yep. Christians, especially those that are spirit-filled, it, when we pray, it helps us to discern the things freely given of God. For example, the human body, mind, and spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 and 12, and I want to get into that more. I, I wish I did have time, but it helps us. Prayer helps us, helps the body, helps the mind, helps the spirit. In fact, there's been studies that talk about the intrinsic value of, not even talking religiously, studies that say that prayer it has an intrinsic value to the mind, body, and soul. Paul wrote to the Roman church that we should be present, or rather, not be present, but present our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So having been filled with the Holy Ghost, wise stewards should keep our temples pure. Um, I don't live this as well as I'd like to, um, but we need to be, we, we're talking about prayer, but we always need to take time out to pray. And our flesh doesn't want to pray. Our flesh wants to do what it wants to do. We have to make ourselves pray. Sanctification, both inward and outward, comes as we glorify and communicate with God in our bodies. So a good steward with regards to their body and their soul, not only to avoid sin, drugs, alcohol, tobacco, gluttony, and other defiling habits, but a healthy way to live is to pray. Well, and I also want to point out that if you're listening and you don't know how to pray or you don't pray regularly or you don't pray frequently, it really is as simple as just sharing a thought. Uh, not, Not to be boastful, but when I began to really embrace this walk, I had to, I had to learn how to pray. Yeah. You know, and it, it did not come naturally to me. And I can remember I would always make it a point to pray on my drive to work. Yes. As if Jesus were in the seat next to me. Good. Very good. And we would just talk. You and see. now, of course, I'm not hearing him talk back to me, but it was just me. How, you know, and even today I find that when I get to work, as I'm walking in, because I, I park in like the furthest spot because mm-hmm. I'm one of those guys. And... <laughs> Well, I'm leaving the close spaces for the the females that work there. Um, But I find myself as I walk in, I I pray for the day. I pray that the company remains financially solvent. I pray for my owner and his family that they would remain healthy. I pray to have opportunities to minister to my coworkers. And I tell my kids, just say good morning if that's all you can muster. But say something. I loved what you said this week about the magnet. You know, it, it... if if you had a magnet on your fridge and it only worked yes. on Thursday and Sunday, you'd get rid of it. Yes. You know, if, if you were married, if you're married and you only talk to your spouse on, on Thursday and Sunday, well, that would be a problem. Right. Doesn't God deserve more? Yes. Yes. And so that's where I was getting and heading to. You're exactly right. By the way, when you started to pray, did you ever, did you do that? Be honest. Did you go, hath? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Lord, would you with... Toucheth. <laughs> yes, and then, you know, as you get into Bible studies and things, you, you, you read, like, the story where he's like, hey, don't pray like those heathens out there who, who are just trying to be wordy, and it's like, okay, right, I'm right. just going to try to cut to the quick because I, I know God has a lot on his plate. Right. <laughs> and yet, even so, he takes that time to notice me. Right. <laughs> well, so <clears throat> what I was referencing with regards to um, when you pray, it gives you a rest and recreation uh, of your 
not recreation, pardon me, but a rest in that you can feel rested. Yes. I don't know if it's the devil or what, but every time that I would get the Bible out to read and or to pray, I don't know, all of a sudden I get really tired. Super sleepy. And <laughs> That's why I don't read the Bible before bed, by the way. Right. Start your day right. with that. Do it when you wake up. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but again, more studies have talked about uh, the power of prayer and that it gives you rest because you actually feel the burden lifting off of you and all that. So we can get into all prayer. That's another time, in fact, we can discuss prayer better than what we're doing right now. But a good steward guards his mind against detrimental thoughts, and prayer helps us. Philippians 4 and 8, finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And the apostle was exhorting us to cast down imaginations and high things, that he referenced in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. So prayer clears your mind is what I'm trying to say. Prayer, prayer touches your mind, and it helps you to have the mind of Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 2, 16 and Philippians 2 and 5. It means that we should act like him is what, is what the mind of Christ means. Yeah. Because what does Satan target? Our minds. Yep. So we need to have our minds renewed by the reading and the meditating daily on the Word of God and by communication with Him. All right. The next, the fourth thing that we need to be a good steward of is the gospel. Mm. Gospel equals truth in this. Stewards are accountable to preach fully and without compromise the Word of God, the gospel, always to every man Every creature, every woman, every child, every creed, every nation, every color, whatever their background is, we are called to deliver the gospel to every creature. Yeah. So we're called to be stewards of the gospel. Yep. I love what Paul said. He said it in First Thessalonians 2 and 4. He said, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. And so Paul understood that God was holding him accountable to the gospel committed unto his trust. And so truth is precious, Steve, in every and in any generation. Jesus prophesied, John 8 and 32, he said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth of what? Shall make you free. So the wise steward cultivates a love for truth, a love for the gospel, and it enables them to avoid the strong delusion that leads others to damnation. Yeah, now the world's going to try to keep you from that. Of course. Because you're going to have, there's even, there are even churches that are preaching things that are not godly because the world's opinion of certain things, and we're not going to name those things or get into it, but right. the world has become accepting of things that don't align with the Word of God, and churches are changing their message. Come on now. And you better watch out because there's a verse, and I can't quote it, but if you change a jot or tittle, oh boy. That's exactly right. And so the church has, has done its dead-level best to become like the world so that it might win the world. Mm. We're in, and we're talking about the world, we're talking about the people. Yep. But to really see the change that we're talking about is that we need that the church be separate 
and that because really the world i.e people are looking for something that's different from what they're doing because what they've done has not been good enough yeah so in other words the church needs to be not like the world we need to get the church the world to be like the church yes amen and i'm talking about god's kingdom we're not talking about the facility right because we're all imperfect we've talked about that yeah. but again that's another conversation sure. and we'd love to have it so leave a comment right absolutely <laughs> yeah give us some more uh input on that we'd love to uh digress into that but anyways paul indicated that some who were even believers steve that were believers in rome who held the truth in unrighteousness so you can have gospel truth but they held it in unrighteousness righteousness in other words they probably used it for their benefit they had known god and had held the truth at one time but they were no longer faithful stewards of that treasure could it be when you're not faithful in delivering the gospel to people in its absolute truthness, as it were, then we are holding the truth in unrighteousness? I don't know. It's something to consider. I can see it. The parable says we are to buy the truth and to sell it not. And so at any, at any cost, it becomes an incredible gain and bargain. But also when you sell truth at any price, it becomes a foolish transaction that your, will affect your soul. So we should have this truth settled firmly and deeply into our minds. The fifth and final thing that we need to be a good steward of is our talents. We use the word talents as, or to indicate gifts, skills, abilities that one possesses or has developed. And I think that's true. And we shouldn't selfishly withhold these gifts. Rather, we should use them to minister to one another as good stewards of the grace of God. That's 1 Peter 4 and 10. By the way, anything that I say, I use Scripture, by the way. Uh, or try to, at least. But, but here we are. I think it's sad. This is my personal opinion. And I'm not saying that God sometimes doesn't open the door for a higher level of visibility to be a blessing. All right, so let me let me quantify, qualify, disclaim everything that I'm about to say. <laughs> However, I feel that overall it's a sad thing that when somebody used to sing in the apostolic church or in churches and they sang for sang for God and they gave, devoted their talents and gave their talents towards the the furtherance of the kingdom of God, and yet they've sold out, as it were to sing in the world and they change their their talent into something that becomes something to where they get paid for now again please 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 understand please read between the lines what i'm saying but i think it's a sad thing that when somebody that used to be apostolic or used to sing for god and was unanointed and they turned that anointing into something mm -hmm. that has been profitable rather than a blessing yeah profitable for them rather than profitable for the kingdom yeah does that make sense sure yeah and, you know in my mind that's an even higher value target for the devil to take one of those i think that's where i'm going and go with that. see see right. what i can give you right yeah. so i don't want to offend anybody on that but i think i think the listener you as the listener is understanding what i'm trying to say yeah but come talk to me we've got a whole list of actual names we can give you leave a comment <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Sadly, that is true. Yes. Um, so we need to give our talents to the kingdom of God. Yes. I mean, Moses needed craftsmen skilled in metallurgy 
to build vessels and furniture for the tabernacle. God gave him Bezalel and Aholiab, Exodus 31, 1 through 6. God supplies, Steve, the human resources through which a person's gifts and skills to perfect the temples that house the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. He gives those gifts and talents to people, expecting them to use them and then multiply them. Therefore, we should develop and hone the talents God's given us to the best of our ability. That's yeah. 2 Peter 1 and 3. It says, according to his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So, Steve, and it looks like, I know our time's getting away. It uh, looks like we may not have to finish on this. I want to just say this and I'll be done. As members as of the body of Christ, we should bring glory to God by using our special gifts God's given us. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about bringing others through our talents and abilities to a relationship with him. So by the Bible talks about special giftings, and I don't want to get into all this, but one may have the gift of something like prophecy, while others may have the gift of ministry or teaching or exhorting or giving or ruling or showing mercy. Each should be used in the manner that only honors God and not themselves. Right, shouldn't use that to to profit from to to prop yourself up. It all everything that God has given you and I is that we're to do it as unto the Lord. That it's all meant to go kingdom. out. It's all meant to go out. Look at the fruits of the spirit. Right? Does a tree, does a shrub, does anything that brings fruit bring it for itself? Right. I mean, I know that you know trees want to make more trees, but really. An apple tree makes apples so that we can eat the apples. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So I think we need to resist that temptation to use God's talents to achieve personal fame. Yep. Good stewards use God's gifts to glorify him. And that's what I have today. Amen on that. And that's all the time we have for this study today. I pray this was a blessing for you and that you will join us as we continue to study God's word. Please send this podcast to a friend, share a link on social media, like our Point of Hope Facebook page, or even better, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you like and enable notifications so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you, Pastor, for leading us today. Thank you. And thank you all for listening.